Welcome back to another episode of the Max Term Podcast. Kyle Stitcher alongside James Finch. And today we are doing a Black Friday themed kind of show. Buyers, sellers, teams to buy into, teams to sell, who might be buyers, who might be sellers, players to buy into, players to sell. And anything and everything kind of goes fitting around that theme. So really it's more of a more of a forward-looking episode where we see some things going, stuff like that. So uh, we hope it's a fun one. Hope we have fun. Hope you enjoy listening. And considering we are basically, I mean, we're at the American Thanksgiving mark, which is what people consider an important milestone in the NHL season, where teams are kind of in the standings does matter. You need to be close to a playoff spot to kind of have a shot at this point. So any teams that are more than usually four to six points out at this point are kind of out of it. So just just kind of keeping that in mind when you look at the standings while you're listening to this episode, who, who, who needs to really make up some ground if they're going to do any push. And uh, we appreciate you listening, following us, subscribing to this podcast, all major platforms, Max Term Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at AFP Analytics. Our personal accounts are also there. We always welcome your questions, interactions, stuff like that. We're also on Blue Sky at, uh, well, AFP Analytics, our names. And then the Max Term podcast is also gonna, is also set up there as well. Appreciate you uh, giving us a follow on any, on any and all of those accounts. Any ads or anything associated with this podcast are not necessarily episode, uh, this podcast episode in particular, not products we're necessarily working with or endorsing. And with that, let's get into kind of our ridiculous Black Friday themed episode. Buyers, sellers. I'm going to start kind of at the bottom of the league with the team that I'm kind of looking to buy into a little bit. However you want to look, if you're a listener, however you want to think about it, but a team that I'm looking for kind of some progression from some progression from, I want to start with the Nashville Predators. They are not getting the goaltending from UC Saros. We mentioned this in our previous kind of current events episode they're knocking the goaltending, but when we look at underlying numbers, and we're gonna probably reference underlying numbers a lot this episode, so let's let's put a quick like what are we talking about? So we're talking about Corsi usually CF. If you're looking at um, natural stats for evolving hockey, we we kind of have both of them open. Corsi four percentage is kind of the percentage of all shots. So shots on goal, shots towards goal, which includes shots blocked that the team's taking. So uh, a percentage above 50% basically means the team is taking more shots than their opponent. At Generally, we will be looking at five on five. And then we'll also be referencing a lot expected goals, which is kind of measuring shot quality, if you will. That's probably the simplest way to look at it. Again, if a team has more than 50%, they are taking more high-quality shots than their opponent. So the Nashville Predators are where I want to start, kind of at the bottom of the league. I expect them to start getting some wins at some point. 
whether it's going to be too little, too late, I think time will tell. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think you kind of laid it out perfectly. Um, Looking at some of these numbers, it seems like over the course of a full season, they should be performing a little bit better than they currently are. Um, And that said, like you mentioned, you say Saros is not having a good start to the season. And I would expect him to rebound at some point soon here. And if that happens alongside the current play that they have, I could see the narrative kind of flipping a little bit for Nashville. And I mean, when we talked about Nashville in the offseason, we kind of said, well, this is a team that pretty much propped up by Soros. And right now their numbers are kind of indicating that, well, they might actually be playing all right. They just need a little bit more from their goalie. And, yeah, I mean, I'd, I would bet for that to absolutely happen over the course of the season. So so with where they are right now, they're pretty much right at the bottom of the league. There's really just the San Jose Sharks way further. Um, I wouldn't really expect them to still be there if we look back in a month or two. Yeah, and I I kind of wonder a little bit how much so they have they have a new head coach Andrew Brunette is is in. I kind of wonder how much is a level of the players needing to adjust to the new system. Like even even UC Saros, like when you have when you're facing different, what when you have a different defensive structure in front of you it might be a level of adjustment and and especially with brunette being a little bit having well at least with the panthers he was more offense kind of first score goals that's that's a shift from really how the nashville predators have played hockey in their really in uc sorrow's tenure with the organization so it it could just be an adjustment period um, they might be a team that start off a little too slow to get caught up, but we're also going to probably, I mean, we can almost think Edmonton next as, as another team that you want to buy into. And realistically, Edmonton and Nashville, in theory, are going to have to make up similar ground. But because Edmonton has the star players, I think we'd feel more comfortable buying into them making up still getting into the playoffs than we would Nashville. I agree. Um, I think if we were going to predict a recovery from both of these teams, Edmonton would be the one where it's a little easier um, because of those star players. But also I think they might find a little bit of an easier time crawling back up the standings in the Pacific than Nashville might in the Central. But I, I guess instead of breaking it out by division, just looking at the conference, when we get towards the end of the season, a lot of times those last wild card spots are still up in the air a bit. Throughout the off season, we were kind of back and forth, and we, we did our uh, predictions before the season of okay, well, who's going to be in the playoffs for us? Who who grabs those wild card spots and we picked some teams, but we were also very kind of open that th- this there's probably five different teams that we could pencil into this last spot for X number of reasons. And 
those are two teams that could find themselves there. Edmonton I had as my cup winner. And when they're on, they are playing at that type of, of level. Nashville, I don't think they're that good, but they seem to me like they could be kind of that annoying team that if they do make the playoffs, great. And if they don't, they could ruin some seasons for other teams. Yeah, you, I mean, it's it's going to be an uphill battle for either team to kind of dig themselves out of, get themselves into a playoff spot because it, it's it's just it's just simple. Like when teams have points kind of banked, if you will, in the in the NHL, especially with the you get the game to overtime, it's it's at least each team gets a point. So I. I I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels anecdotally kind of true that they play more inner, um, kind of West versus East games earlier in the season than more in conference games later in the season. Maybe that's I don't know. I don't know why I have that feeling. It just feels that feels right to me to say. And when you start getting later in the season and two West teams go to overtime, it's it's going to be like it's hard to make up points so that that's the only issue for both of those teams i'm buying progression yes but to what what extent and is it enough yeah i think i'm right there with you and and you already have referenced kind of the the u.s thanksgiving mark is usually they've probably each team probably has a little over well probably about 20 games ish maybe slightly more than that at that point. And once a team is 20 to 25 games into a season, you're probably getting an idea of, all right, I, I guess you might not know if they miss or make the playoffs, but you're, you've got a pretty good idea of how uphill of a climb is it going to be. So kind of started with the Oilers is there another team jump or, or started with the Predators and moved into the Oilers a little bit is there another team jumping out to you as far as at least sticking as buying into I don't have as many I want I want to I want to sell a team I want to sell a team okay. next I want to I sell the Minnesota Wild I want to sell the Minnesota Wild. I, I don't. I, so we talk about a te- like Edmonton, Nashville might need to pass some teams, might be battling with. I, I'm kind of out on the Wild. I their starts this season has not been great. Yes, Jared Spurgeon's just finally getting rolling, but there seems to be some fundamental issues. Their underlying numbers are not great i don't know i'm i'm kind of out like we we recently didn't a long-term look at the wild and we talked about certain like they have some guys that could be exciting but i don't know the pieces this year just don't seem to be coming together yeah and so they're kind of a team when we look at some of the underlying numbers and if we look at kind of what's actually happening versus what's expected to happen, it's actually very similar right now in a negative sense. Um, they're kind of doing what's expected of them, and it's not a good thing. 
you referenced, we, we kind of just went through the wild and yeah, they're a team that kind of, they're always decent, but never a top contender. They've never been bad enough to where they get those really high draft picks might just kind of be catching up to them a little bit this year. That's okay, but I think, you know, we, we just talked about the Oilers and Predators and them being able to make up some ground, and it's kind of looking like the games against the Wild might be ones they kind of circle. Like, okay, this is we need to have these games because that's where we're going to make up our ground as opposed to playing the Colorados of the NHL. While we're on the wild, I do I want to buy a specific player, and that's Jesper Wallstadt, who's off to a phenomenal start in the American Hockey League. And if kind of my assessment, our assessment here of the wild's true, I I'm gonna buy him playing NHL games sooner than later this season. It'll be interesting to see how they juggle that, because um, he absolutely should get at least a look at some point if not more than that based on his play but at the same time if they have their two goalies both healthy it could get a little tough to really work him in and if you're going to give him a look you want to give him a little bit of consistency as well so it will be an interesting situation for sure it could i mean i have no clue what mark andre Fleury at this point in his career wants to do but if the wild kind of go where I'm kind of hinting they might like kind of hinting they might end start ending up they might be sellers at the deadline if you will yeah and flurry would be potentially a name that a team could look to bring in as a backup insurance option if you will I don't know if I don't know if he would go for that yeah um but there there could be kind of just a spot open naturally because it might make sense for the wild to maybe sellers at the deadline and flurry would be a piece that i think a team especially if there's a injury or question at backup or even with their oh, starter yeah. might might be interested in buying yeah and like you said that he he might not be interested in it but i think like if if you were to ask him right now he's gonna say well no i'm playing for the wild this is my team but come trade deadline if the wild are out of it yeah that's that's definitely a possibility i think it's something that would for sure be explored at least okay so that's a team you'd sell i want to mention the seattle kraken um not off to a great start but they should be doing a little bit better looking at the numbers this is kind of been a weird team for me because going all the way back to the expansion draft I did not love what they did and first season was interesting they end up turning into a team that is actually scoring a lot of goals last season but on paper I wouldn't have necessarily have thought of them be a team that will do that this season it's not going very well in that regard. Underlying numbers kind of paint the picture that they should be rebounding. Again, it's another team. Will they be able to do it enough? We'll see. I, I think the Pacific is going to kind of be more of a 
wide open division. So there might be a little bit of mobility upwards in the standing that you might not find in other divisions. But that's kind of a team I guess I have my eye on is they're kind of underperforming a little bit. Yeah, I I would agree. I'm not as yeah, so yes, they should improve. I don't know if it's going to be enough and you talk about the Pacific Division like obviously eight teams there. San Jose, if we can we can pen them in for the bottom of that division they're they're bad the other seven teams like anaheim we we had talked about in our in our pacific division preview anaheim could be a sneaky one i'm not i i'd lean towards sell it like for this exercise i'd lean towards selling them with a level of regression but like with the number of young players they have there's there's a potential to like I, I don't know on Anaheim, so yeah, they're going to be at minimum a team that I, I guess ruins seasons for others. Um, at minimum, I think they're they're not a team you can just walk over like everyone thought they'd be. And and I think that's the important thing to point out if you're a Seattle, if you're an Edmonton looking to make a push, is. You, you have one walkover in San Jose, but the other seven teams in your division might be there longer than you're hoping them to be. I mean, Vegas has been off to a phenomenal start, at least point-wise. I There's probably going, like, if we're talking selling a team in the sense of pulling back a little bit. Yeah. Vegas would probably be one. We'll get to a couple others probably in that similar boat. Yeah. The Kings are up there as well. I I kind of like the Kings' season so far. I think what they're doing is sustainable. I think I agree, but I also still have questions about their goalies, especially yes. as the season progresses. Let me let me rephrase this. I I think what they're doing is sustainable in comparison to the other teams playing guess we'll say really well in the pacific yeah i mean i i think i think they're playing well enough to stay in a playoff spot yeah i guess i i can keep rephrasing but the level of play that they're at right now i think it's more likely they stay at that level of play than what a team like let's say a vegas because we just mentioned them um I think it's more likely uh, the Kings kind of stay at the level they're at right now than what Vegas is at right now. Yeah. Um, there's another team we can toss in here, too. I don't want to necessarily get ahead of ourselves, but we might as well because we're talking about the division. Vancouver Canucks. I'd sell. Oh, yeah. They are pretty much the best team in hockey arguably at this very moment which is kind of insane from the viewpoint of what a lot of expected numbers would tell us they are not even a top 10 team and even top 15 would be pushing it 
So, I mean, this isn't necessarily the debate of the episode. And we're going to get into this similar situation with multiple teams here. Yeah. Is is there's the Corsi numbers and there's the expected numbers. So, yes. you're controlling the shots, but not controlling the shot quality. Yeah. So, I'd argue there's a level of, sh- like, just team shooting talent. So, if you're... So Vancouver, I think, has a level of team shooting talent. So if they can control the shots that it might make up for not having quite as good of quality and their rate, they're hovering on controlling shots. Like they're hovering right right there. Would you expect a level of regression? Yes. And then we had talked about in our kind of last episode, Demko's arguably the Vesna favorite right now. At least in the conversation, yeah, is that sustainable too? Probably. Well, so I I guess to go back a little bit to what we talked about uh, the previous episode, I don't think what he's doing right now is sustainable over a full season. But even a little bit of regression, you still have a very good goalie. Um, but I, I think. Just to kind of, I guess, aid that conversation. Let's say a team will use goals for, let's say their goals for percentage is 65% and their expected goals for percentage is 45. So that's 20% difference and one of them's really good and one of them's below average. I I don't think we can just defini- definitively say, oh, okay, that team's overperforming 20%. They should regress back down to 45%. That's not how it works, really. It I think that provides a clear um, example of, or an instance of, it could be very likely that there is regression here. And it might not be very very light progression it could be a bit of a drop but it doesn't mean it's the full drop one of the issues just with any stat is when we pull a list of all of the teams and what they're currently doing at a at a for for a specific stat is unless we go through each individual one and compare the exact situations, we're, we're eliminating a certain amount of context to what's going on. So it's never a definitive, oh, goals for is here, expected goals for is 20% lower, so they should end up being 20% worse. It's not that simple. So I I think I think it's fair to say Vancouver will probably pull back some, but to what extent is is some of the shooting will will regress? Um, I I think I think one of the teams you, I think a good recent example is last year's Buffalo Sabers where they were on a heater to start for basically the the uh calendar year 2022 until the the end of that calendar year then 
2023 hits at the probably first month or two ish january into february all-star break time a little bit after the goals dried up a little bit and they kind of fell in the standings and couldn't ultimately recover so vancouver probably has more points banked but like some something like that happening to them would not be a surprise so we're talking if we if we have to if we gotta go black and white here i sell them a little bit from their current performance but they're still should still stick around in the playoff picture yes and uh, i was kind of thinking about that just now as you were talking we're kind of buying that there is going to be some regression in their play but we're not necessarily saying, oh, they're not a playoff team. They could for sure regress a bit and still be in the playoff picture. Um, and with how good they've been, I kind of would almost want to predict they're going to regress, but they will be in the playoff picture. That that would be my prediction. Um, so, yeah, they're a team. I think they come back down to earth a little bit, but they're – they should be solid still. Guess we might as well quickly finish the, well, maybe not quickly with the second team I'm about to say. Finish the Pacific <laughs> Division. Vegas, I'd say everything we just kind of said about Vancouver probably applies. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. I think I think there's an argument who finishes first in the division, L.A. or Vegas right now, like, unless Edmonton goes on an absolute run or Vancouver stays incredibly hot. I, I think it's I think LA and Vegas are the are the two clear favorites for the Pacific division. So I'd buy them as a playoff team, a top contender, but I'd also like expect a level of regression, if you will. Calgary Flames are the last team in the Pacific. We'll probably get into them much more extensively in some episode because at some point they have to be talked about with what direction they're going. So I'll I'll phrase it this way. I think they should sell their veterans at the deadline. Yeah, I'm very much with you there. I think it you could have argued that in the off season too. And maybe the off season would have been more of a retool you could have argued but at this point yes they they should be selling their veterans at the deadline and so i i'll I'll simultaneously say i'll buy into some of their prospects connor zari has been very very good when he's after he's been up so i i so calgary is not going i don't think they make the playoffs um they're probably about what frankly they're probably about what they are right now yeah um really quick i mentioned in the previous episode jacob markstrom is kind of having a quietly really good season in that so far i would expect a little bit of regression there and that's not going to help their odds in recovering from this start um so kind of the one of the main positives for them is it, it could still be a positive by the end of the season, but maybe a little less. So it, it, the, I think the reason, so realistically looking at theirs in Seattle's numbers, they're not too dissimilar and we're, we're much more in on Seattle, but I think, I think kind of out on Calgary because it seems like players are 
going to be sold at some point. Some like seems like Tanov and Zadorov are gone, and it seems like Lindholm's probably gone at this point. And when those moves happen is really the question. Yeah, th- those two teams, Flames and the Kraken, they're kind of they're in similar situations as far as how the season's going, but from a contract perspective, or uh, I, I guess really call it a roster construction, asset management perspective, they're in different spots. So, I mean, I don't think we necessarily intended to kind of run through, like, in order division by division or anything like that. So, got got another team you want to buy or sell, or do we just keep going with our, you know, move into the central quickly? Um, I, I think we can just still throw out random teams. I, I think the Pacific was interesting because majority of the teams are kind of either really overperforming in our eyes or underperforming. There's not a whole lot in the middle other than like the Kings and maybe the Ducks a little bit. So I, I don't think we necessarily have to cover the whole central, but I will throw out a team in the Central right now, the St. Louis Blues. I think they're overperforming a little bit. They've had a pretty solid start to the season. A big part of that has been Jordan Bennington and that, which if he can keep performing that well, then they might actually be a better team than we think they are. Um, You mentioned in the previous episode, I believe, that maybe the expectations being lowered a little bit help Bennington kind of settle in, be a little more comfortable. But th- that's kind of a team I look at that, you know, they had a good start to the year, but I'm not sure. I, I don't really see them sustaining that. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> their their numbers are not good. good yeah. And they're not, they don't align. So, like, there's, I like, Vancouver, I could make an argument, well, they at least, you know, have, are close are around controlling the shot number and they do have shooting talent like there's players on that team that i can point to their power play vancouver's power play is really good like there's there's things yeah. that i can point to with with the talent and kind of using the numbers to make an argument st louis they're they're heavily getting out shot they're heavily getting out qualityed that's going to catch up to them uh, I mean, that's that's just a fact. It's going to catch up to them. So when that happens, I, I don't know. But, like, y- you sell you sell this team unless some, some of their players just miraculously start playing a whole lot better, which is I, there's no, not enough guys that I would bet on that either. So, if, hey, if you have Jordan Bennington in fantasy hockey, sell him high. Oh, yeah. Probably right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked we kind of agree on that one. Um, That seems like one of the more obvious ones. I I guess I'll kind of open it up. We could stick with the division if you want. I think we covered some of the more obvious overperforming, underperforming ones, but there any anyone else you want to touch on in the We might as well quickly finish, like, run through the division okay. we already yeah, talked yeah. about nashville we already talked about minnesota we got st louis chicago is what they are they're they're going to be i'm, I'm not going to guarantee they finished last because they've been starting to maybe 
play a little bit better and put a few more things together. But they're they're going to be at best probably seventh. Um, yeah, Arizona's still a team that I'm buying. I, I yep, to an extent. I, agree. Th- I guess I guess maybe not traditionally buy. Like they might be about where they are for the whole season. They're probably going to be 85 to 90 point team. And that's around where they're on pace for right now. So is that enough to get in the playoffs? I don't know, but I guess I'll buy them in the sense that I think they can stay on this pace. Whether they're a playoff team, I'm not sure. I I agree. I, I think they can... It wouldn't shock me if they were still in the conversation when we get to the last two, three weeks of the season. They were a team we kind of pointed out before the season started. They could actually be sneaky good, or at least, in other words, a team that you can't just cross off as, okay, we won that game before you even play it, Um, which is, I think, what a lot of people think of when they think of the Arizona Coyotes. I'm with you that I think it's possible they can sustain the way they're playing. I, I don't think any of it's really a fluke. Um, it, they might not quite be a playoff team yet, and we've referenced this in episodes uh, weeks ago, even months ago. Um, things could change as we get later into the season if they decide to sell off some veteran pieces. Well, I, I like what the Coyotes are doing, and if they're close enough to the playoffs, maybe maybe they don't sell off pieces. With, I would still lean towards they should, but they're a pretty decent team, and they, I think, earn the right to be called that. The numbers are there for them. So the last three teams in the Central, Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas, I str- strongly will buy Dallas and Colorado, and I will say strongly buy Winnipeg, too. I'm there with Winnipeg mainly because I think a one, one of the more negative spots for them right now is actually Hellebuck, and I would expect him to rebound a little bit. And that, having said that, even if the rest of the team regresses slightly, I think Hellebuck rebounding is going to kind of even that out. Winnipeg is kind of one of those teams I think most years were saying, like, are they going to be on the edge of the playoffs? And they seem to keep sneaking in every year. This year, they might actually have an easier time being in that top three in the Central. We'll see as the season goes on, but I feel a little more comfortable this year than most years about the Jets. I mean, I think just based on how we've talked about the rest of the teams in that division, I think yeah. we're I think we kind of have to comfortably put them in the third spot at this point. And then Colorado and the Stars are two of the best teams in hockey. Yes. And they're going to be duking it out until the very end of the season. And I mean, like it's play NHL playoff format rant. Well, not rant, but uh. NHL playoff format issue incoming Dallas and Colorado might end up being the two best teams in the West. There's a strong chance that that's that that happens and have to play each other in the second round. So one of them is not even going to the conference finals is, is mo- is the most likely scenario. Actually, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I guess I, I don't I see would any be scenario surprised that, yeah. yeah, that that's not the case. So, yeah. 
I don't any 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 more thoughts on Dallas Colorado before we I not really. I mean, they are what they are. They're two elite teams. Um, there's not much more to that. Uh, expect them to be there, and if they aren't, something terribly went wrong during the season. I think Colorado, the only question with them is in goal. Yeah. Like, no, Pavel Franco seems, unfortunately, is, I'm not, I don't want to speculate, but also it seems like his career is probably over, unfortunately. The season definitely is. And yeah. The fact that he's kind of been ruled out as at the to the extent he has, I worry about his career as well. But yeah, so that's yeah. my that's my concern is goal. Yep, Gorgiev hasn't been that great this season, I don't believe. So hopefully he can kind of rebound slightly. Um, that's a question mark for sure, but uh, at the same time, it's Colorado. They've got the skaters that can win games so they're for sure a playoff team they should be one of the top teams still but yeah that that's kind of if something were to go wrong that'd probably be the spot barring a injury to a top player yeah and, and they're already they have those cross remarks right now and they're still one of the best teams in the west so I, exactly so i guess we might as well move i mean there there's the west there's the west for yep. you moving East, I think, is where I think there's more. I think there's less clear, a less clearer picture. Like there's good teams right now that I actually am not as high on, and I think there's teams that are a little bit lower that could see a little progression. And the waters are already, frankly, muddied because I don't think that there's a clear bottom dweller in the East either. I don't think so i would i would say i agree with that since we are kind of going division by division do you want to start with one might as might as well that wasn't the intent no i I know but here we go we might as well let's go let's go let's go with the metro let's go with the metro so i'm gonna say honestly no one stands out too much as overperforming underperforming from what I'm looking at, I, um, I would question the cap sustainability a little, bit, yeah. a little bit. Their their shot quality wise, shot um or shot quantity and quality are a little bit farther below fifty percent than I would like to see, especially with them with them kind of off to a good start. Yes. They, their numbers should be probably more like a 500 or slightly below 500 team, and they're not quite that. Yeah, I guess this kind of speaks to what you pretty much just said about the Eastern Conference being a little, you say the, the waters are muddied a little bit. There's not a team that is like, wow, they are really overperforming, underperforming. Um, the, the Capitals are there is kind of like what they're currently doing could be a little bit of a regression from it but i think in general the east as we get further and dive into this it's not going to be as obvious and clear yeah and and washington like ovechkin hasn't been scoring at the same rate that he he's he's heating up a little bit but hadn't started the season scoring at the same rate so like 
and just just overall their offense you referenced in the last episode has not been Washington capital ask you talked about Patrick Kane as a potential fit for them in the last episode regardless I mean the point makes a lot of sense in that they're they need might need a little more offensive spark or maybe it does come from their veteran players just getting going so maybe the those two things offset each other a little bit Columbus probably about is what they are they're probably about on pace I maybe their point percentage picks up a little bit but there we're looking I don't know maybe tops an 80 point team and that might be being generous 70 to 80 points is probably where they finish I don't, I don't know any anything any other thoughts on Columbus I think they're about what they are yeah I agree I I think it's possible they end up being they're gonna fight for probably the worst team in the east but again i i think being the worst team in the east doesn't necessarily put you in like the worst teams in hockey because what's over in the west is a little bit worse there's a handful of teams a little bit worse Going into the season, we kind of, I think, expected it would be the Flyers that would really be at the bottom. They're, from a like a underlying numbers standpoint, they're actually playing pretty well. I, yeah, they're, if you were to ask me the most surprising team to start the season, I would probably give you Philadelphia and Anaheim. Yep. And Philadelphia... I think is most because their numbers, as you said, their numbers are good. They're controlling the shot mm-hmm. counts. They're con- controlling the shot quality. And I didn't expect that. Although Rasmus Ristolainen has not really played a significant role yet for them. True. <laughs> and that's, that's actually kind of funny because he's kind of the go-to for uh Poor play, I guess we'll call it. They're an interesting team because I think a majority of people in just the hockey industry would point to them as maybe like the one team they're most surprised with. They're overachieving. That's not sustainable. And well, like so far what we're seeing, it it is. I'd be curious to see if they end up like what kind of moves they plan on making because this was supposed to be still pretty early in their rebuild. And as of right now, they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. I don't know. I, I I almost am expecting myself to say, but they're going to regress, but I don't have anything to necessarily back that up. Um, so it, I, they're kind of an interesting one to point out because you would expect there to be some level or some signs of regression to come, and it's not necessarily there for them. So, again, black and white, I'd have to, if if I have to buy or sell, I buy the flyers. I can't believe I, I'm, I can't believe I'm the, sitting here saying that, but. I'm with you. That's kind of what I'm getting at is, like, I feel like I have to say, like, I'm selling the flyers, but I have no reason to yet. Everything we're seeing so far is a team that you need to buy into. I, I, I will say we in the when we previewed them, we said their forward group would probably be solid. It would be a question of their back end. And so far, the forward group has been as good, if not better than expected. 
and the back end has definitely been holding up and all that's come together to to at least they're going to be around till the end of the season at this like you don't want to face them they're going to they're going to be there in in the hunt if you will for the rest of the season i but i i do buy into them to an extent yeah i'm right there with you a a team that is always interesting to talk about and we never really know what to think about them the islanders they're kind of from a number standpoint they're playing how they should be playing the issue for them right now is that level of play is not playoff level of play i mean every single time every single november closes december rolls around calendar turns the islanders are don't have the number the underlying numbers to be a playoff team they're out of the playoff picture and then somehow they put a run together and end up right there so I'm going to be burned yet again and say I'm selling the Islanders. They'll miss the playoffs yet again, but this time they won't be there. And I, I, I will go on record and say they won't be there. I think think realistically the age of their players is going to catch up to them. So before I agree with you, which I do, so I guess it's not before, but... I'll tell you exactly how they are going to make the playoffs still, even though I don't think it's going to happen. But this is how it would. It's Sorokin. Previous episode, we were kind of talking about goalies, the Vesna candidates. Some of the usual names aren't actually at the top of the list so far this season. He was one of them. And it's not because he was, he's been bad. He hasn't been bad. He's just been kind of decent, average. I would expect more from Sorokin. Uh, He's one of the best goalies in hockey. He's proven that the past couple of years. You mentioned right now it looks like they're on the outside looking in, but we could easily get burned and they somehow pull it off and make it. That's how it's Sorokin goes on a run of a Vesna level goalie. And do I think it's going to be enough No, but I've kind of said that in past years about the Islanders. If they have amazing goalie play, they're pretty good defensively. Just don't think it's going to be enough, and it ends up being enough. So it'll be an interesting situation to watch for sure. Well, and then right out of the traditional Islander playbook, Lou will swing a deal for like an Elias Lindholm. I was thinking that is going to give him like a eight by nine and a half or something up there, and somehow make it fit. And yeah. That could happen. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that Lindholm would be like the the textbook Lou Lamarillo move, like yep. somehow bringing him in, somehow fitting him. But but I mean, I again, this is the same Islander playbook as every single year. But yeah, Sorokin could get hot. Lou brings in another, makes another under the rate, well, kind of dark horse type move, and nope, lo and behold, they make a run yet again. I think I think we're selling them, and we'll probably be wrong. So, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take the elevator on them. Rangers, I'm, I mean they've 
probably banked enough points at this point and have a good enough goalie and are a good enough team to make the playoffs. With all that said, I'm I'm buying a regression, selling them, like staying at this level, if you will. They're we 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 referenced some of their numbers in the previous episode when we talked about Lafreniere. They're they're an average underlying number team. Yeah. They should be solid. Um, I think they still end up being a playoff team, I I think. But, yeah, not quite to the level that they're playing at. I mean, right now it could be argued they're a top five team in hockey. I I don't think that's where they'll finish. Again, they'll still be pretty good. I think they'll still make the playoffs. But, yeah, they're, they're kind of just an average team. I think the reason you kind of we're we're a little bit hesitant, like confirm, like confident, like we're not confident that they're going to make the playoffs is is because the three other well three other teams in their division I am buying lots of stock into, and that's the Devils, the Hurricanes, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are starting to turn it around. And get results and things are clicking so if their guys stay healthy like i i'm there's three teams that i'm buying strongly into yeah i definitely agree um devils right now are underperforming i think i think they could be a lot better and will be a lot better um, the fun thing for the Penguins is Eric Carlson is still Eric Carlson. I think that's something some people worried about just age-wise, not the fact that he's on a new team, that if anything could help him maybe. I think the biggest worry was just age, and is it going to happen now, that decline? And so far this season, he's Norris Trophy winner Eric Carlson, um, which is huge, I think over a full year they're they're going to be a bit better they should be making the playoffs carolinas they're an easy one they're they're kind of like similar to colorado and dallas in the west i don't have a whole lot to say about carolina because they're good they're a real solid team yeah I, i guess there's not much more to them than that for me yeah outside of maybe they don't quite have the Point total that lines up with how good they are. I I mean they they're they're still right there, but I guess I guess like they're the only like the only thing I say about Carolina is maybe they haven't gotten quite as good of results early this season as they should have. I think that's a level of schedule. Um, coming into play, they played very few home games early on this season. Had a yeah. pretty long West Coast trip and everything, so. Carolina, yeah, I that they, they I mean, haven't banked the points in the way you would have expected for a, a team of that caliber. Yeah, so the Rangers have banked points early yep. on. I expect them to fall a little bit, which which in uh, one of the teams that should pass them is Carolina. New Jersey should pass them. I would expect Pittsburgh to also pass them. I I will say on Carlson real quick. I wouldn't say he was. He was maybe a little bit looking, struggling at the start of the season, fit wise. I yes. Um, but play like he is, he is playing at a high level. 
Crosby's been playing at a high level. Malkin's been playing at a high level. Latang, I mean, is still is still quite good. He would be the only one that maybe's quote unquote dropped off a little bit. And I don't and that might even be strong to say. Well, I I know what you mean. I kind of agree with you and I that's something I think we pointed out in the off season. Well, I technically off season when they traded for Carlson. As far as this could actually benefit Latang a little bit of not being that number one guy or needing to try to be that number one guy, he can kind of basically move down a pair, not have to be eating all of the top minutes. Carlson can do that and might actually help Latang a little bit. Um, maybe that doesn't mean improve play from last season, but just stay the same and not keep the slight decline. So I, I don't know. I, I think right at the start of the season, it was a little iffy for Pittsburgh, but as of late, they're looking a little bit better. I, I'll say again, I, I don't think what they're doing is a fluke. I, I think they're a legitimate team that should be in the playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, barring the, an injury to yeah, a top guy. Yeah. The, the Metro is, is loaded and, I mean, the East in general is loaded. The Metro is very loaded, especially if the Flyers kind of stay around as, as expected. So the Rangers having banked those points, I think, is going to ultimately be what saves them. Yeah. But I, they're, they're a team that I start to get a little, might start to get a little concerning as the season goes goes along. So we might as well, I guess we'll finish up the Atlantic division. I'm going to... I mean, I'm going to say the exact same thing I just said about the Rangers with the Boston Bruins. Underlying number-wise, they have dropped off. That's not to say that they're a bad team. They're getting right around 50%, right around breaking even a little a little bit on the good. Yep. Both quantity and quality. But I think they've benefited from a easier schedule to start the season if you will and i mean they're they're big advantages they still have two really good goalies yeah i I think that was kind of the area we said was going to have to be as good as it was last year and so far it is uh swayman and olmark look like two top nhl goalies just like they did last year big question was going to be down the middle for them i think as of right now, the way the team's playing, those questions have started to go away for a lot of people, but I think there's going to be enough of a regression there that maybe those questions, their depth down the middle, start to pop up again. Should still be a good team. We, I don't remember what your prediction was, whether they were going to make the playoffs or not. I had them out. I think I'm going to be wrong, but I had them out. So I I feel like I feel like they're going to make it at this point. They have been the best team in hockey. Is at, at least up there. At least up. There. Yeah. So I think they've got enough in the bank to kind of I guess ride ride out the wave of regression but it's a team I'm definitely selling on I'm not selling on playoffs I'm just 
selling on them as far as they'll probably regress. Yep, I I fully agree. I, I don't think they're the same juggernaut five-on-five as they have been in the past. And at some point, that's probably going to catch up to them to an extent. But again, when you when you can bank a good chunk of points to start the season, your your chances of making the playoffs are a lot higher. Again, with the the East, I think the only unique thing is the East this year is is loaded. The East is loaded. Like we just ran through five metro teams that i think we could make a very strong playoff case for and now i'm about to throw out another team that i'm heavily buying into in the atlantic florida panthers are not they're they're just getting back to full health with akblad and montour coming in their numbers their underlying numbers have been pretty decent to this point and again they're going to get their two best defensemen back i'm buying them hard i very much agree with you this was kind of the time frame that it was like all right it might be kind of tough for the panthers to start and it hasn't been so yeah i'm right there with you for the same exact reason Those, those two coming back they're coming back to a team that they were fine without them, and that's nothing against those players. Those players are great players. It just goes to show the Panthers were able to figure things out and kind of pretty much look like a team that wasn't missing two top players. Ironically, reintegrating both Montour and Ekblad into the lineup could cause a small dip just just as they kind of initially, out initially yep. rolls. But like long term, it, it it will obviously be fine because they're they're both, I mean they're their top two defensemen. Yeah, yeah no, I yeah for sure. So d- just just kind of throwing out as like a little like cautionary like when you when you have to bring guys back into the lineup and mix up things that have been working, it, there's a chance that you could see a little short term regression, but obviously long term ap- will be absolutely fine. Toronto Maple Leafs, I think, are the next logical team to talk about because we need to need to tease out in the Atlantic who we're into, who we're not into, who might make the playoffs. The Maple Leafs, I mean, I guess, I guess we, <laughs> I think there's a chunk we could. I mean, realistically, we can talk about almost the rest as a chunk right now. It seems like Florida and Boston are the cream of the crop in the Atlantic and should stay there. Maybe Boston regresses a little bit. Maple Leafs here. Let, let's just, let's just, I guess, lump them all together because frankly, that's kind of where they are right now. Senders seem to be. I'm lagging. concerned. Yeah. I, I think of the rest of the teams. I'm most concerned about the senators. Yeah, I mean, their underlying numbers are not great. They're, like, they're they're not putting it together. Let's just put it that well, way. Well, my, my issue with them is I think they're a team that's overperforming right now, and that overperformance is not good. It's not good enough. They're kind of a break-even team right now, and that's not when you're already overperforming, you're 
Yeah. I mean, at least when we're talking goal, actual goals versus expected goals. Yeah. And then their, their shot quantities even even a little bit below. Like, it's it, – yeah, that's below break even as well. So, like, Vancouver, we I was able to kind of talk it through, and it makes a little sense. Yeah, I, Ottawa, I can't make the same argument. I, I can a little bit because they do have shooting talent on that team, but they're also – I, I don't know. that it, It's a concern, and their goalie's still a question mark. I want to talk about a specific player, uh, but I'm going to try and make you bring him up first. When you say they're shooting talent on the Senators, who are some names you might think of? Kachuk, Stutzel. I know you want me to say Sanderson. No. N- no, you want me to say Vladimir Tarasenko. That's who I but, want you to say. <laughs> but... I, I also I also know that this year he's actually not shooting. He's been more of a distributor and he's been doing that fine. A little bit. But he but he's not he's not the shooter, he's not the goal scorer. So Well, I I, I wanna throw out the and I'm picking on Tarasenko. I feel like I could do this with a decent amount of the Senators players. This is just almost funny to me. Tarasenko's goals for percentage is at least according to Evolving Hockey, it is more than double his expected goals for percentage. And again, I'm picking on Tarasenko. Um, I could go through the Senators and probably find maybe not as drastic differences, but some pretty pretty rough examples of um, goals for versus expected goals for percentages. Yeah, that's... That's just kind of laughable to me that it's that drastic. Yeah, Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, their their underlying numbers are not inspiring, and the fact that they don't have as many points banked either is an issue. Like for a team that really probably should be right in or near the playoffs, I don't know if they get there. So. We'll, we'll, we'll sell the Ottawa Senators long-term yet again. And that brings us to the, the kind of ch- middle chunk. So we're kind of putting Ottawa last at this point, which is kind of funny. But at the same point in our, in our, in our division preview, I was kind of into the Canadians. Again, I, I can use sneaky as this, the term that them in Anaheim, I put that label on when we did our division preview. They're they're no they're no lock for last place. I mean, heck, they might be better than the Sabers. They might be better than the Maple Leafs. Oh, that okay, Canada. I'll I'll t- we'll take your comments on that one. But I I think I think the middle the middle of the pack in the Atlantic Division: Detroit, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Toronto, Montreal. All are not where they need to be from an underlying number standpoint someone's gonna have to make the playoffs so who who of that group do you want to buy who do you want to sell i don't want to but i feel like i have to buy i feel like i have to buy tampa bay i think you know right now they're really not playing very well at the same time, I feel like the level they're at right now is just a little too drastic of a difference from previous years. 
I feel like there's got to be some some sort of rebound there, and then factoring in Vasilevsky, we think will be back. I say that cautiously because it's a back injury, and he's a goalie. I feel like those two things aren't going to mix very well, but I don't know. So, so we we're saying buy or sell. Which ones do I want to buy? I don't know if I really want to buy any of them, <laughs> but I don't necessarily want to sell them either. They're kind of all in the middle. I'll I'll throw out Buffalo as a buy, and I'm going to say that because. Not to make the injury excuse, but they're dealing with some pretty significant injuries. Go back to before the season even even started, a top six winger, Jack Quinn. You know he's not healthy to start the season. Tuck has missed some games here. Tage Thompson will be missing some games for a bit here. Seems like it was probably a wrist injury when he blocked a shot. That's pretty significant. There's still some actual just roster construction issues for the Sabres. I don't know how confident I am that they fix those midseason, but they are a team that I think has the ability to fix those if they want to, just from a prospect pool asset management standpoint so these this kind of middle of the pack group that might be fighting for that last spot I would probably buy Buffalo because I I see the avenue of recovery a little bit more for them so I mean this is so to be clear underlying number what underlying number wise these teams are not dissimilar um so so this entire group we're talking about detroit toronto tampa buffalo is not dissimilar so the fact that that really there's been multiple teams in the atlantic that didn't get off to as quick of a start as maybe they needed to like there there's there's a lot of bunching in the atlantic right now the fact that that's going to benefit anyone who can kind of put things together going forward. So number wise, Detroit and Toronto are probably overperforming to an extent. Like they're, they're, they're not far from breaking. Even Toronto is a little bit closer, but I mean, I, I would say Detroit, if I had to pick one to, other than the Senators at the bottom, in my opinion, uh, of this middle group, Detroit, I might that might be the first one I hit sell on. I I think they kind of had a quick early start to the season of some really solid play. We we actually talked about it in previous episodes, I believe, the Larkin Debrinkit connection. I don't think it's really sustainable, their overall play. So I, I think that's the one I would hit the sell button on for sure. Over the course of a full season, I, like I said, I'd probably buy Buffalo. I like Buffalo more than Detroit as the season goes on. Let's also set aside the Canadians who I think are about what they are. They're, they're yeah. probably playing yep. around the pace 
where they finish at high 70s, mid 80s, somewhere in there point total wise, I think is probably where they finish. And that's right around where they're they're playing right now. So and and their underlying numbers are basically pointing to that's about them right now. So I agree with you. I think if you're talking about teams where the kind of start of the season couldn't have went much worse, much different than they would have liked. Tampa and Buffalo are probably one in like, at least in this division are, are very strong contenders for that, that title, if you will, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto's a tough one point percentage wise. Like they banked more points, but we're not talking a ton more like they're they're right there too. Like they they kind of it seems like they are what they are right now. But so f- that's from kind of the underlying number standpoint, and so far the way that has translated to actual points in the standings, I don't know if that's sustainable. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Could I, I don't know. So Toronto could be could be the team to buy into, but it, again, they're not the one that Tampa and Buffalo have had more things go wrong that they should be able to turn around. Yes. Tampa Vasilevsky coming back could help like could allow them to play a different a little bit different style of hockey, which could help some of the numbers. But they are also like there's age could be starting to catch up to them. Underlying numbers are not great for where they have been yeah. in the past. And I would not say goaltending has been Tampa's biggest issue while Vasilevsky's been out. I mean, I'm not going to no. say that he won't be an improvement over Johansson, but Johansson is has filled in very commendably. From what you would have expected from him, yes, I agree. And we, we've we talked about the Lightning before, I think, the depth issue there, and they've lost just over the past couple of years a lot of the uh, higher-in-the-lineup guys um, that they were relying on for a half decade or more. Pair that with, like you said, the aging of some star players, and it's. I'm not shocked. I'm that's. I'm very cautiously buying. I think they're. I. I feel like there's a little bit of progression for them. I don't know if it's enough to make the playoffs, but I. Feel like they're a team that could still make a little bit of noise and make a push it's probably going to come down to how vasilevsky actually is feeling yeah i i i guess i'm I'm trying to dance around committing to buying a a team for the third spot in the division yeah so this the savers i don't disagree could be a team poised for the most progression It, it could set up but 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 the issue is if they end up in too big of a hole with with missing Tage Thompson with with these early season yep. injuries, it might just be too much to climb out of. I mean, if, if we're talking which team can probably take the biggest step forward, you I would buy the Sabers for that question. 
Yeah. The question is, is that enough? I I don't know. So I might have to here. I'll I'll, I'll go on record. I'll buy the Red Wings. I guess as, okay. as as the as the team because I think they're playing the best early season hockey. Have the points in the bank, and if we're looking at underlying numbers, when we have enough teams similar, Detroit's the one that has the points bank to an extent toronto i guess the same could be said but yeah if i had to pick between those two i'd be picking i i think honestly out of the bunch i probably would say today i would say toronto gets that spot i i think this it relates to a conversation we had during the off season where we it was pretty clear bergeron and krejci are going to be gone for the bruins it was going to be the Lightning losing more of their core. Panthers were going to go into the season with a couple big pieces hurt. We were kind of saying, is this the year where the Atlantic really starts to flip? Like, there's a lot of opportunity here. And I remember hesitating and saying the opportunity is there, but I don't know if anyone that is usually lower in the standings has done enough to unseat the higher teams. And what's kind of happened is the Bruins have, I I guess I'll say defied the odds. Panthers, same. But that third top team, that's where the opportunity actually is now. And of who is left in the division we kind of just went through. It's not an easy pick. No one has really, no one has really shown that like they have a leg up necessarily. So even though there's a couple top teams, or at least generally considered top teams, Toronto and Tampa Bay, we have them lumped into this group. They have as much of a claim to that third spot right now as any of the other, call them up and coming teams. I don't know if any of them really did enough to unseat a Toronto or a Tampa Bay. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but it's very possible, you know, in the off season we said, could we see a different top three in the Atlantic? It didn't seem insane that it could happen, and we very well could see the exact same Atlantic as we've been seeing. Yeah, at least in maybe some uh, some different order, maybe. Yeah, may, maybe not. Maybe. Even that yeah. Much well, I, I just mean the the teams we're used to seeing. We we could end up seeing Boston, Florida, Toronto yeah. as the three from the Atlantic. Yeah, I I think the only thing that might flip this year is the there might not be a wild card from the yeah. Atlantic. Like the, the what we just talked about right now, I would not. I would say five from the Metro and three from the Atlantic is yep. is the East because. The Metro divisions are the Metro division teams are just playing a lot better hockey. Their numbers are better. A lot of, I mean, I won't. It's ironic. The Atlantic division might have a few more points banked, but the like we're 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 splitting hairs right now. Like, yeah. Like it it's it, but the number the numbers in the Metro, the underlying numbers are better, yeah. and then the Rangers are. <laughs> arguably the weakest of the five at least from a number standpoint but they have the mo- like the most points banked out of all those five oh, yeah. like so the yeah the the metro 
is is probably going to I mean get all five well, yeah, Philadelphia's the the toss up there, but yeah. It it'll be interesting to see how it plays off, I think or plays out. The the Atlantic I think as a whole will be tighter a little bit. Metro it might be a little more clear the bottom teams. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It I I think just conference to conference the east is a bit more competitive for sure and that's where we started the east is is i don't know who is basically with the statement i don't know who we put at the bottom and oh and by the way like the washington again the washington capitals have points banked they don't have the quite as strong of underlying numbers so like who uh, yeah the the east is very again the the water is muddy and And I, I think that's the the West seems a little bit more clear, and I think over time it will sort itself out. The East is probably going to be a lot of teams. There's going to be probably some teams that separate themselves at the very top, but a lot of teams are going to be very tightly packed, and someone who's in, like, third place now, especially in the Atlantic, could even end up in eighth by the time the yeah. season's over like like that's 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 how tight those teams are because montreal is no pushover either we didn't spend as much time on them but again they're they're playing good enough hockey where they're going to be there and at least be a problem for teams yep. looking to to get points and and i'd say the same about columbus too is is they're not they're probably the weakest in the east but like i they're stronger than the weaker teams in the west so black friday Find the deals, find the buyers, find the sellers, if you will. It, it turned into a little bit of a you know quick quick run through all the divisions, but we're we got about sixty games left in the NHL season, so plenty of time to catch up. But just historic numbers say you need to be around the playoffs now. And so, if you're looking at the standings, figure out who's around the playoffs based on a little bit what we talked about here with the underlying numbers. And I think that's going to help you kind of predict how the next 60 games are going to kind of shake out. Even if you don't know exactly the outcomes, I think you're going to know who rises to the top, who falls a little bit in the standings. So with that, uh, we appreciate you listening. I hope everyone enjoyed their holiday in the U S and with that, we'll talk to you next time.